welcome to this podcast for Moroni Chapter 10. I am David J. Ridges. I'm the author of your study of the Book of Mormon Made Easier and several other study guides. Chapter 10 of Moroni is the last chapter of the Book of Mormon, and to me, it brings to full circle a statement made by Nephi in the first chapter of Nephi, first Nephi, chapter 1, verse 20, in which Nephi states that one of his major goals in writing these sacred records is to show us, quote, the tender mercies of the Lord, close quote. So one of the major purposes of the whole Book of Mormon is to show us how tender and merciful our Father in Heaven and our Savior Jesus Christ are. Now, in the last chapter of the Book of Mormon, Moroni chapter 10, in verse 3, he says, quote, how merciful, help, to help us remember, quote, how merciful the Lord hath been unto the children of men, close quote. So, to me, these quotes about the tender mercies of the Lord are, in a significant way, bookends to the whole Book of Mormon, reminding us to take advantage of, righteously indeed, the tender mercies of the Lord in making it possible for every one of us, if we so desire and are willing to conform to the gospel, to make it possible for us to return to live in the presence of Heavenly Father and the Savior forever. We know from verse 1 that this is somewhere around 421 A.D., Moroni has now been alone for over 20 years at least, and he is now about ready to bury the plates in the Hill Cumorah, where they will await the Prophet Joseph Smith in about 1,400 years. Moroni now gives us his final counsel. These are his final words to us. And since Moroni... 10 is the only chapter for this Come Follow Me reading block. We will do most of this verse by verse, so you may want to have your own scriptures close at hand. Moroni says in verse 1, Now I, Moroni, write somewhat as seemeth me good, and look at the love that he has for his enemies who have been seeking his life now for many years. I write unto my brethren, the Lamanites, and I would that they should know that more than 420 years have passed away since the sign was given of the coming of Christ. In other words, since the uh, wonderful signs were given at the time of the birth of Christ. Now, verse 3 leads up to verses 4 and 5, which are some of the best-known verses among the members of the church as far as the Book of Mormon is concerned. Verse 3, 
Behold, I would exhort you that when you shall read these things, in other words, when you read the Book of Mormon, if it be wisdom in God that you should read them, that you would remember how merciful the Lord hath been unto the children of men. From the creation of Adam, even down until the time that you shall receive these things, and here's a key word for us to get maximum benefit from the Book of Mormon, and ponder it in your hearts. The word ponder is very significant here. In other words, so that the Holy Ghost has an opportunity to impress upon us the importance of the Book of Mormon. Now verses 4 and 5 are among the very best known verses in the Book of Mormon. Some people, I suppose, uh, read the whole Book of Mormon, and then when they get to this last chapter, they follow the admonition in verses 4 and 5 to ask God if it's true. But in my way of thinking, this um, counsel to ask of God should apply all the way through our reading of the Book of Mormon in order for us to have maximum benefit. And for me... When I read the Book of Mormon, every time I read it, the Holy Ghost bears witness to me that it is true, and I appreciate that constant testimony that is given. Well, verse 4, And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you, in other words, I strongly urge you, that ye would ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true. And if ye shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Verse 5, And by the power of the Holy Ghost you may know the truth of all things. These two verses together tell us how we can be in constant touch with our Father in Heaven and how we can have truth revealed to us constantly through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now in the next several verses, Moroni teaches us more about the marvelous power and role of the Holy Ghost in our lives. And it's very significant in my way of thinking that he focuses on this power as one of the very last things he teaches us. It's a reminder that once we have the gift of the Holy Ghost, which all of us as members of the church have been given, it's up to us to receive it, as you well know. Once we have the gift of the Holy Ghost and carefully heed its promptings, we are on our way to exaltation in this celestial kingdom, highest degree of glory there. That's the kingdom where we, if we are faithful and attain it, we will become gods, living in our own family units, having spirit children, spirit offspring, and eventually and doing exactly what Heavenly Father has done for us. We will have worlds created where we can send our spirit children, where they can have a mortal experience, and if they are faithful and true to the gospel, they can become gods just like we have become, 
Now that's looking way off into the future, but that's the ultimate goal of everything Heavenly Father is doing for us. This process of attaining exaltation through being taught and guided by the Holy Ghost is often referred to in the scriptures as being justified. Justified is a word that you're probably familiar with if you do much with word processing on computers and other devices. When we justify a margin in a document that we're working on and give the proper commands to the computer, it lines that, that margin up in perfect in a perfect line at the side of the document you can justify the left margin or justify the right margin or justify both margins and they end up perfectly lined up and so justified in the gospel sense means to be lined up perfectly in perfect harmony with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Moses chapter 6 verse 60 in the Pearl of Great Price teaches that it is the Holy Ghost who justifies us and prepares us. In other words, he lines us up. If we listen to him and follow his promptings, we are lined up in perfect harmony with the commandments of God, and thus will be able to enter into celestial exaltation. The Holy Ghost justifies us, preparing us to be sanctified by the blood of Christ. Now, sanctified means to be made fit and pure and holy, fit to be in the presence of God forever. So, as the Holy Ghost justifies us and lines us up with the commandments of God in harmony with them, we then are sanctified by the atonement of Christ and made pure and clean and fit to be in the presence of God. So the Holy Ghost justifies us, the Savior's atonement sanctifies us, and thus we can make it into the presence of God forever. By the way, justification is, of course, a process in which, by following the Holy Ghost and doing as President Nelson uh, has counseled us many times to repent daily and to have joy in the privilege of repenting, the process of justification is a process that takes time. It's a lifetime endeavor to be justified so that we can be sanctified and be very comfortable ultimately living in the presence of God with our families forever. Now, verse 7, And ye may know that he is... In other words, that Christ is by the power of the Holy Ghost. Wherefore, I would exhort you that ye deny not the power of God, for he worketh by power according to the faith of the children of men, the same today and tomorrow and forever. In other words, faith is a very key uh, concept and principle 
in being justified and ultimately sanctified. Faith, as you probably have heard many times, is indeed a principle of action. If you go to church faithfully or in our day of pandemic, if you uh, either attend your sacrament meeting in person or via uh, the web, the internet, if you attend online, your faith makes you quit whatever else you might be doing on the Sabbath and you get yourself in a position to be either in church or in church virtually, faith is a principle of action. Faith is what gets us moving in reading the scriptures. If you read your scriptures daily, or almost daily, you strive to do it faithfully, you are a person of faith. If you say your prayers faithfully, you are a person of faith because faith is a principle of action. And when we uh, live the gospel intentionally and our desires in our hearts are that we live the gospel, we are people of faith because faith is a principle of action that uh, causes us to move and do whatever is necessary to keep the commandments of God. Now, the rules of gaining a testimony are always the same, no matter when people live on earth. A testimony is always obtained by the power of the Holy Ghost, and Moroni now will teach us about one of the very important manifestations of the Holy Ghost in people's lives, namely the gifts of the Spirit. These gifts of the Spirit play a significant role in justifying us and getting us so we can return to live with Him, with God. Verse 8, And again I exhort you, my brethren, that ye deny not the gifts of God. In other words, don't ignore or minimize the importance of the gifts of the Spirit. Now, some people wonder, uh, what is my gift of the Spirit, or do I have any gifts of the Spirit? And as we go through several of them here, as Moroni uh, lists them for us and uh, blesses our lives by letting us know what the Holy Ghost can do for us, you will probably see some gifts that you have Oftentimes in our patriarchal blessings, we are told a gift or some of the gifts that we have. That's not necessarily true in every patriarchal blessing, but it's really quite a common thing. Now, verse 8, we'll read the whole thing here. And again, I exhort you, my brethren, that you deny not the gifts of God. And uh, in other words, like we said before, don't ignore or minimize the importance of the gifts of the Spirit, for they are many, and they come from the same God. And there are different ways that these gifts are administered. In other words, different people have different gifts of the Spirit. You can also read gifts about gifts of the Spirit in Doctrine and Covenants, section 46, 
going on now with verse 8. But it is the same God who worketh all in all, and they are given by the manifestations of the Spirit of God, in other words, the Holy Ghost, unto men to profit them. Now, starting with verse 9, Moroni will mention several specific gifts of the Spirit. Verse 9, he mentions the gift of wisdom. If you're marking your own scriptures as we go along, you might underline or mark some way or on your electronic device, mark wisdom right at the end of the verse. Verse 9, For behold, to one is given by the Spirit of God that he may teach the word of wisdom. That is not talking about abstaining from tea and coffee and alcohol and tobacco. That is our word of wisdom for our day. But the gift of the Spirit, spoken of in verse 9, is the gift of wisdom. And all of you probably know certain members of the church with whom you associate or that you've heard of, who have deep wisdom. Verse 10 is the gift of teaching. So you could mark that he may teach the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. In other words, some people have the gift of teaching, and some have a tremendous gift of obtaining and then retaining knowledge. And some wish they had that gift. Verse 11 is faith, the gift of faith, to another exceedingly great faith. And also in verse 11, Moroni mentions to us the gift of healing. That gift is available, of course, to both men and women. And we have heard many accounts in the early church history and in our current day We've no doubt heard of people who have great faith and um, have the gift of healing. Verse 12 is the gift of working miracles. And by the way, these miracles can be physical miracles, but I think most often these miracles are the miracles of helping someone change their ways and come unto Christ, or the miracle of helping someone who has very little self-confidence gain self-confidence and feel better about themselves as they go through life. There are many, many miracles. The miracle when somebody is bullying someone else of helping the bully to quit bullying that would be a miracle in my way of thinking. Verse 13, again to another, that he may prophesy, the gift of prophecy. I had an experience that will demonstrate how simple this gift can be. It was a Saturday night, and I was somewhat behind in my preparations for a talk that I was going to give the next day as a stake president in one of the wards. And uh, our 16-year-old daughter was not home yet, and she had just gotten her driver's license, and she was driving our big old Ford pickup, three-quarter ton. Uh, they called it Blue Bomber. 
And we had her driving that because she wouldn't be able to get hurt because it was so big. But at any rate, I was worried and having a hard time concentrating on my preparations for tomorrow's assignments. And this voice of the Spirit simply spoke to my mind and calmed my heart and said, she will be home in just a few minutes. And that was a gift of prophecy for me. Some people call that inspiration. I'm sure that inspiration is prophecy in many cases. And so I just relaxed and focused on my preparations. And sure enough, in about 15 minutes, I heard the rumble of our big old Ford pickup coming in the driveway, and our daughter was home. The gift of prophecy helps us on a daily basis, and many of you probably have that gift, and it's a wonderful manifestation of the Holy Ghost and the tender mercies of God to us. Now, verse 14, Some this gift is mentioned by Moroni, and as far as my studies uh, Tell me, I don't believe that this gift of beholding of angels and ministering spirits is listed in any of the other locations for gifts of the Spirit in the Scriptures. So the verse 14, the gift that is mentioned, is the gift of seeing angels and ministering spirits. My mother had that gift. And on many occasions, she was allowed to see the angels that were helping her on particular projects or protecting her or protecting her children. Verse 15, another one of the gifts of the Spirit is the gift of tongues. So you can mark all kinds of tongues. In other words, speaking foreign languages. I had one occasion, at least, on my mission where I was given that gift to get us out of a dangerous situation in a big apartment complex where some men had uh, congregated together and were uh, crowding us into a corner. Uh, Both of us were new relatively new missionaries, neither one of us. We were junior companions, and our senior companions had put us together to attract that day, and so we were doing that. And they were yelling and shouting and crowding in on us, and all of a sudden I was able to understand every word they said. It was a German-speaking mission, and I was able to talk to them and explain what we were doing and settle them down. Uh, which they did, and we left the apartment building as soon as they withdrew and uh, were wise enough to not just keep going there. We got out of the building, and then I no longer had the gift of tongues, but it was a marvelous manifestation. Verse 16, another gift that Moroni mentions is the interpretation of languages and diverse kinds of tongues. In other words, various kinds of tongues, tongues meaning languages. You see a tremendous outpouring of that gift in the translation department of the church. 
as they prepare our manuals and the Book of Mormon even and translate it into uh, many, many, many different languages. Now, in verse, verses 17 to 19, Moroni summarizes his teaching about spiritual gifts, reminding us that these gifts will always be available unless unbelief does away with them. Verse 17, and all these gifts come by the Spirit of Christ. In other words, we know from the Doctrine and Covenants specifically that these are gifts of the Holy Ghost. And they come unto every man severally. In other words, it's possible to have more than one gift of the Spirit, according as he will. In verse 18, I would exhort you, my beloved brethren, that you remember that every good gift cometh of Christ. And verse 19, and I would exhort you, my beloved brethren, that you remember that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that all these gifts of which I have spoken, which are spiritual, never will be done away. Now listen carefully, he's telling us, uh, that these gifts will stay with us unless, which are spiritual, never will be done away, even as long as the world shall stand, only according, in other words, unless, uh, according to the unbelief of the children of men. So, these gifts can be done away with even in our own lives if we no longer are faithful and no longer believe in them. That would be a tragedy indeed. Now, uh, before we move on, we'll mention that there are many more gifts of the Spirit than those mentioned in the verse of Moroni 10 that we've just contemplated and read. Uh, for instance, in Romans chapter 12 in the New Testament, uh, we'll take just a minute to go through some of the verses there in Romans chapter 12 that Paul, uh, where Paul points out several gifts of the Spirit. So we're going to Romans chapter 12 now for a few minutes in the New Testament. And in verse 6 of Romans chapter 12, uh, it mentions prophecy, and we've already talked about that. In verse 7 of Romans chapter 12, it mentions the gift of ministry. In other words, the gift of ministering to others. Some people have a special talent or a special gift of being the kind of people that always are doing nice things for others, are very aware if someone's feeling down. The gift of ministering uh, is a beautiful gift of the Spirit. Verse 8 in Romans chapter 12, you could mark, if you're following along with us in your scriptures, you could mark the gift of exhortation, in other words, the gift of urging other people to do right. Some people can just encourage us if we're slipping up. They have a gentle way of uh, correcting us and helping us to feel good about trying to do better. The gift of exhortation. And also, in verse 8, he that giveth. In other words, the, this is the gift of generosity. 
Also in verse 8, this is loaded. Uh, the gift of ruling, in other words, the gift of leadership. So some people have a natural gift of leadership and we feel comfortable following them. Uh, also in verse 8, the gift of mercy, in other words, the gift of being merciful. And you've noticed that some people are just plain cheerful. And that's a spiritual gift, according to Paul, the apostle. Near the end of verse 8, you can mark cheerfulness. In other words, the gift of being cheerful. Verse 9 in Romans 12 has another one. Uh, Let love be without dissimulation. You need to go to a Bible dictionary to get that, but we'll just give it to you. That means the gift of being genuine. Some people are just as genuine as can be. It's what you see is what you get. There is no guile or hypocrisy in them. The gift of being genuine. And then verse 10 Uh, The gift of being pleasant, that is kindly affection. Some people are just pleasant almost all the time. And another gift in verse 10 is the gift of preferring one another. In other words, the gift of preparing the way for others. Prefer is an archaic English word for going before or showing the way. So, The gift mentioned here is preferring one another. In other words, people that make life easier for others. Even in verse 11, we have the gift of being industrious and diligent, not slothful in business is the gift mentioned. They have the gift of being industrious and diligent and also the gift of being successful in business. We've got to move along here. We'll run out of time. So Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Some people have the gift of optimism, the gift of hope. They also have the gift of patience, patient in tribulation. Uh, Verse 13, they have the gift of distributing to the necessity of the saints. In other words, the gift of helping others. And also in verse 13, they have a gift of hospitality. In other words, a gift of being a gracious host. There are all kinds of gifts of the Spirit, and they are all designed to help us come unto Christ ultimately and to help us to help each other, help others come unto Christ. Now, there's a wonderful message in chapter 10 of Moroni, about faith and hope and charity. And Moroni spoke to us about that a bit. We saw it, at least, in uh, Moroni chapter 7, verse 1. And now, in starting with verse 20, he says, Wherefore there must be faith, and if there must be faith, there must also be hope, and if there must be hope, there must also be charity. So, hope in the Book of Mormon is not, I sort of hope so. Hope in the Book of Mormon, as used in the Book of Mormon, is a very strong confidence and uh, the ability 
to be very, very confident in something. That's the Book of Mormon kind of hope. Now, verse 21 reminds us that we have to have charity, and charity is a virtue and a gift of the Spirit and a gift and a character trait that all of us can develop with the help of the Holy Ghost. And if we have charity, then we are nice, we are helpful to others. It's one of the prime Christ-like character traits that we can develop. And Moroni is mentioning charity here in verse 21 and elsewhere. Verse 21, and except ye have charity, ye can in no wise be saved in the kingdom of God. If ye have not faith, neither can ye, if ye have no hope. So faith, hope, and charity are essential ingredients in our quest for exaltation. Now, Moroni goes on in verse 24 to tell us if there ever is a time when the gifts and power of God, these spiritual gifts, are done away, it'll be because of unbelief. And verse 25, a warning. Woe be unto the children of men if this be the case. For there shall be none that doeth good among you, no, not one. If it ever gets to this point, it'll be because there's not one righteous person left on earth. And we know that we live among wonderful members of the church and many other good people who, so we are not in this uh, situation at all. Now we're going to finish up because our time is uh, drawing to a close. Uh, By way of final farewell, Moroni pleads with all of us to come unto Christ and partake of the pleasant and beautiful blessings associated with loyalty to God. And he reminds us that he will meet us on Judgment Day. I look forward to that. Verse 31, And awake, in other words, wake up spiritually, and arise from the dust to me, Among other things, that means shake off the past. And he's now referring back to Jerusalem, and that is symbolic of all of us in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Arise from the dust, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, by the way, has had kind of a, a difficult past where there have been many times when Israel has been wicked and has not been reaching its potential at all. So he gives us verse 31, And awake and arise from the dust, O Jerusalem, yea, and put put on thy beautiful garments. In other words, put on the priesthood with its saving ordinances. You find that in Doctrine and Covenants 113, verse 8. O daughter of Zion, referring back to Jerusalem, and strengthen thy stakes and enlarge thy borders forever. In other words, participate in the gathering of Israel. Be gathered to Christ personally, that thou mayest no more be confounded, so that you are no longer confused or stopped in your eternal progression. 
that the covenants of the eternal Father, which he hath made unto thee, O house of Israel, may be fulfilled. You hear President Nelson and others in our day constantly counseling us to get on the covenant path and stay on the covenant path, or if you're already on it, to stay on it. And if you slip off of it, repent really fast and get back on it. Verse 32, Yea, come unto Christ and be perfected in him, and deny yourselves of all ungodliness. And if ye shall deny yourselves of all ungodliness, and love God with all your might, mind, and strength, then is his grace sufficient for you. And I love that. That tells me that as long as I'm trying, then the atonement of Christ will help make up the difference, uh, regardless of what it takes. If I am honestly striving to stay on the covenant path, I will qualify on the day of judgment for the atonement of Christ to fill in whatever is necessary for me to be assigned to celestial exaltation. By the way, for me, it's not only the in reference to Judgment Day, but it applies every day. Every day that I strive to be a bit better or to straighten up on something that I'm slipping on, the grace of Christ can fill in the gap and I can have optimism every day and have a wonderful and pleasant life regardless of the circumstances that surround me. And I leave that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.